Ladies and gentlemen, cats and chicks, the coon duck is in the house and he's got the fix. This shit sticks to your brain like a cinnamon roll. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to, to another week of Beneath the Bar, operating under the Brown Bag Lunch Crew title. I'm co-host Adam Philpar, along with my other co-host, Kenzie Quinn, and our producer, Jay Bird, Jason Mazina. He'll be checking in as well. A uh, lot on the docket today. First, we'll address our sponsors, Life Solutions Group, uh, as well as Neptune's Harvest. If you haven't heard of them, check them out on social media. Uh, doing great things. Definitely give them a look. We appreciate the sponsorship on that. Um, like I said, a lot of great topics today. A big day in the state of Mass. Um, for those of you who don't know, Massachusetts today, the last state to bring golf back. Um, and I want to preface this by saying... You know, obviously, we got a long way to go on the coronavirus, not out of the woods by any stretch of the means. You know, people are struggling with it physically, uh, also economically. A lot of bit small businesses are hindered, uh, people out of work. So we definitely don't want to make light of that situation. But in terms of just golf being back, definitely brings the morale up for a lot of people. Um, I know, Jay Bird, you got out on the course today. It looks like you hit smacked it around Beverly a little bit. You want to yeah, talk quick, about that? Quick nine. It's just, you know... You hate to, with everything going on, people dying, you hate to focus on golf so much. But, you know, I think it was time to open up. Got a quick nine, and it opened up today. We got in at, I think, 5.30. I couldn't be worse at golf. <laughs> I was hitting them okay. But it's the act of getting out there with the gentleman. Yeah, it's fun. It's good yeah, to be absolutely. back. And, and as far as, you know, golf being relatively small in the grand scheme of things, it's, it certainly is. But, you know, at this point, we just got to start looking forward to, you know, taking steps in the right direction. You know, if we just keep stacking good days on top of good days, hopefully this will pass by before we know it. And that's what we're doing right now, um, bringing golf back um, in the state. I think a lot of people are looking forward to that and chomping the bit, you know, just to get out and moving. You know, not everybody works out or people haven't been able to work out. Um, and a lot of people, you know, enjoy golfing. You know, people that do it religiously, especially during this time of year in Massachusetts, where it's not so much a year-round sport. So to be able to have that ability to get out there and, you know, maybe play around with your buddies while practicing social distancing, I think is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to look at that as that's just like a little win along the way that you got to keep tacking these up when you can. Not much great's going on right now. I mean, we've been in this border in two months. So, I mean, everybody's kind of just looking at little things that can be done to get us back to normalcy a little bit. And, yep. uh, I mean, the the... The people that um, have been begging for golf, I got to tell you, there's a lot of people on my Facebook feed that I didn't know golfed in the first place, but they're still out there trying to rip it so we can get outside. But, um, I mean, great game, good good social distance, distance in practice. I mean, you can stay 15 yards away from someone if you really needed to and just kind of mix in and out. Um, got to give it up to the courses, though, and the greenskeepers. I've drove by a few courses during all this. Course look immaculate. And uh, as Kurt said earlier, I mean, you got to think this is a greenskeeper's dream, keeping people off during the uh, the rainy months of April when everything's getting trampled in, make it muddy and everything. Nobody on the course, let it grow out a little bit, and then you can cut it while it's healthy. Um, but besides that, I mean, good good for people to get outside. The, the weather's been unbelievable. I've been trying to get outside. I went for a little bike ride today, got a little sweat on, so... I mean, just the act of working all day, whether everybody's working home in the shadows, uh, getting outside for a couple hours before you come home, eat dinner, and everything's kind of a big win. Yeah, and I was checking out the guidelines a little bit. It seems to me I don't play golf, really. I might get out four or five times a summer. 
seems to be more my style of speed. You know, the driving range closed, chipping and putting greens closed. Just tee, tee the ball up and let her rip. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's not down talk your game. We uh we got a little money in a skins matchup at Sebago this fall. No big deal. Yeah, we did. It, I, but, I, it's gotten uh, to the point now where like I'm 26 and I'm still playing with like a beginner set of like Walter Hagen learner clubs. And, if you and not to mention your six three. Yeah, that are like way too small for me. So now it's like it gets to a point. You know, you get to an age where it's embarrassing. You you might go out and play some golf with some work buddies or something. You, they look at your set, you know, it's a little like, what are you doing, cuz? So now I might look and get myself a, a decent set of used clubs, getting out there and spanking uh, it around. I can tell you, most of most of uh, the people we associate associate ourselves with now uh, have their own clubs. Back in the day when it was just like the few kids that were playing high school, and then you'd bring your buddies out, they'd use your clubs, you'd all have to be walking around with one bag, ball to ball. Not the case anymore, so everybody's kind of working uh got their careers going on a little money to spend on clubs and i mean there's nothing better than that you can just even if you go to the friggin' driving range and whack a bucket around once or twice a week yeah no big deal a couple ice creams yep and also today i believe they finalized the date for the big match between uh tiger and peyton manning and uh phil mickelson and tom brady i believe that's may 24th um so that'll be something to look forward to uh, hopefully they're mic'd up doing the whole whole nine yards uh, I'd love to hear the banner on that. I, I believe the format is the front nine is a best ball, and then they're doing an alternate type style on the back nine. I honestly uh, haven't looked into the format one bit. Just thought it was match play and everything. I know they're playing at Seminole down to Florida, um, which I heard is a great track. No? Oh, I just got bad. We got a no. About half an hour ago. DJ... Ricky, Rory, and Matt Wolf are playing at Seminole. Oh, I don't yeah, think – I know they're in Florida. I don't think Phil Tiger and them are playing at Seminole, too. Uh, see, that was semantics. I got mixed up on the two matches coming up. I got my little Woody too, too far going. Speaking of the courses, I, you know, I'm already going to side with Phil and, and Tom. I'm a Phil guy. You know, lefties got to stick together. And also, obviously, a Brady guy being from Mass, Pat, Pat's fan. And – Peyton had a comment that he said uh, he wished they were playing in a state that hates Tom Brady. And he brought up, you know, Indianapolis, um, New York, obviously for the Giants. It sounds like he's already afraid. Like, Oh, he dude, he's have, been through the ring through Brady too many times to not know what's coming. He's been wiping them up and down the field. He wants, he wants a little hometown, a uh, little hometown fandom, maybe a little discount, but, uh, I mean, I got to side with Brady and Mickelson here, too. I mean, this is just known throughout throughout the country that the Quinn household, not a Tiger Woods household. Curdy, big Phil guy. I mean, I'm not that huge on Phil. Uh, I'm more of a McElroy, younger type younger type guy. I mean, I do, even though he stiffed us at the Deutsche Bank, I love what Ian Poulter does in the Ryder Cup. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I've known Brady could play, but until today, I looked up some of Peyton's uh, game, Peyton can swing it as well. Smooth, smooth swing, get some action on that ball. So, I mean, I obviously, a couple tour pros, a couple former quarterbacks, the uh, competition's going to be fierce. I mean, the handicaps are probably all right around the same. So that should be good. I, uh, I'm with you, though. I hope they I hope they mic it up and kind of keep maybe a little bit of an announcers in there, but keep it to a minimum, get some, uh, get some money rolling around there, see what we can do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to – the back nine more specifically when they get to the alternate shot, I think that'll be a little bit more interesting. 
with Peyton and Brady, but also hopefully around the back nine, I'd assume they're going to be sip, sucking down some booze. So hopefully the mixed drinks kicking around the back nine. <laughs> they loosen it up See, a little I, bit. Get the church. I, I, I hope they will. I don't know if that's the case. I, I wish it was, and it was just like four buddies going out and playing like a skins match or something, throwing around enough money to make somebody uncomfortable. Um, as last stands, people have been mentioning about MJ. Game might not be that strong, but he's always going to push you to the point where the money's going to make you think about uh, your next swing a little bit. But um, I, know, I know Phil's got a little bit of an issue with the uh, throwing the cash around here and there, and he's been in a little trouble. So I, I hope there's a I hope there's a little juice to uh, add into it, get the guys kind of rattled up in their own cage. So it's going to be Medalist Golf Club down in Florida, and DZ, you're correct with the format of a front nine best ball and then alternate on the back. Should be something to look forward to, especially, you know, any type of competitive match that's not a replay of a game or, you know, a Super Bowl or World Series. I'm definitely tuning in for that. Um, just while we're on the topic real quick, Kenny, you mentioned Ian Poulter and, and kind of our brush off with him to give the f- viewers a, a little bit of perspective behind that. So we went, this was years back, maybe four years back now, to the Deutsche Bank in Mass., um, and we're driving there, you know, backed up in traffic. We're stopped at a street light and pulling up in the lane next to us is in the passenger seat is Ian Poulter being driven to the course. So, you know, we're like, oh, pro golfer, you know, we're trying to get his attention. We're like, Ian, Ian, we're beeping and all that. And Ian looks over at us and like kind of just totally stiffs us. Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, think- yeah. No, he wanted no part to do with us. Honestly, what was that? I think it was a Monday at the Deutsche Bank. Yeah, I think it was. So it was his final round. I'll give him that. But besides that, you're not even at the course. You're giving a a handful of kids, clearly with a buzz on, no love at the stoplight. That's not how you gain some fans here in America, Ian. And he half-assed the hate. Like, to just not kind of just brush us off, not totally acknowledge us is, like, so pick a side. Like, either give us the double bird out the window, like, fuck you. Or, you know, give the boys a wait. Like, spice so it up. I, while we're on the Deutsche Bank, I have to parlay this into my junior year at UNH. Um, me, my roommates, uh, Dan Crowley and Derek Cody, uh, we got some tickets from our, our buddy's uh, college job, which was the college golf pass. And we make the trek down from Durham. And I'm I'm heavily, obviously, when junior in college, heavily buzzed on a Monday, final round of the Deutsche Bank. Um, we polished off a couple of cases in the car, but I get there and, uh, I have this empty case of Budweiser and I turn it inside out and I write Noonan on the, uh, on the brown part of it as a uh, shout out to Caddyshack. Uh, people would know that, but we, we get there and we're walking around for probably an hour and a half. And then if you ever been to a golf tournament, they have the ropes, they have like little alleyways roped off. So the fans can't get in between the green and the next tee box. And, uh, I'm at the ropes waiting for guys to walk by to the next tee, kind of get a tee shot. My buddies are on the green, and this guy walks by me, and I got the Noonan sign up. I got my golf shirt on. I'm ripping it, and he looked me dead in the eye, and he goes, what the fuck is that for? And I was like, whoa. Like, I don't know what he did on the last green or anything. I'm like, whoa, buddy, it's for everybody. And he goes, yeah, well, fuck you. And I'm like, all right, all right. Bob Estes. I don't even know if he's on tour anymore. I might have ruined him with the sign. There's no better feeling when you're intentionally trying to chirp somebody 
and you get the response that you want. Like, Bob completely gave you what you wanted on a platter. But I got to tell you, I wasn't even trying to rip him. I was just a little out of it with whatever golf sign I thought I had. And my buddies walked out. They saw it from afar, and they go, dude, dude, what, what else to say to you? And I was like, told me to fuck off. And they were like, oh, dude, he missed like a four-footer for par on the, on the last hole. And I was like, oh, he missed a little bunny. He was a little jazzed up. <laughs> That is classic, especially when you hear that backstory of him duffing a bunny beforehand. Honestly, I watched him. I couldn't root for him for the next two years on tour, and then I haven't seen him in a while, so I think we might have ruined him. Yep, screw him. See you, Bob. (laughs) But overall, good to have golf back. Like you said, step in the right direction uh, for this day, and hopefully for everybody out there. Um, We'll just keep plugging along through this, and and hopefully we get through it soon. Another hot topic that we need to get to amidst the coronavirus, it kind of get, gets brushed aside a little bit, are these murder hornets that have come around. Um, I guess they started, they were in Asia, apparently, and now they've somehow found their way to the States. Um, I've seen some videos, and, and people are like, don't, don't take them light, don't like worry about them, you know, they're just hornets, they're not here to harm people. I've seen some videos. These things are out for blood, and I'll be damned. <laughs> If I go down at the hands of one of these so-called murder hornets. I got to tell you that they're like the Andre the Giant of, of hornets. I mean, they dwarf every other bee hornet you've seen out there looking for anything. And I, I guess they're eating everybody else. They're just beating them up and everything. I've seen a couple of videos online. I assume you guys have as well. I mean, besides being on the porch for the first couple of weeks of spring and seeing these things come out, you can actually notice them. Never really noticed bees or hornets besides that, but uh, these things are fucking huge, and I feel like if they're buzzing around, you're at least going to hear them. Yeah, hear them. They're like the size of a mini SUV. I watched one video. It, he took down a, a what looked like a decent-sized mouse, like it was just for pure sport. Came in, gave him a couple zot-zots to the ribs. Next thing you know, the mouse is incapacitated, and it's it, like, it was, wow. It, it was almost like a paralyzation. The thing couldn't even think about getting away or fighting back. Yeah, it was just for pure sport. Like, he's not going to eat the mouse. He just took him down to show show what he's got, like uh, like a clout chaser. You know? Like, hey, I'm, I'm fucking here. And my question is, how did these things get over here? I doubt they can fly all the way over here. That's a long trek across the pond. So somebody, I don't know too much about the species in general, Um are they indigenous to other places other than Asia? Could be, could not be. Did somebody take them over here in a boat or a plane in a small carry-on and then just unleash the fury on people? Who knows? Probably said, oh, coronavirus, good time to catch them sleeping with this this giant-sized wasp or hornet. Dude, the, the memes that are coming out fucking kill me, though. Like, the, the, the Dr. Evil and Frau one. When they got like, oh, COVID-19, she goes, release the murder hornets. I fucking yeah. die at those. But um, I mean, besides, I'm still not too worried. I haven't seen one. I'm sure uh, once I get stung in the ass and one's freaking posted up in my face as I'm grilling, I'll think differently. But um, I got to tell you, they've, I've seen three videos which have caught my eye. I don't watch bee videos very, very often, but the bunch of honeybees that friggin' vibrate that fucking thing into a pulse is unreal. Yeah, Power in numbers. They just burn the thing alive, and then the praying mantis put it in a half Nelson and just ate its brains while it was still kicking right there. 
I like the praying mantis one. I, I like the bees a little better, you know, the power in numbers. Nobody's going through this alone. You got to swarm them when you get the chance. I think you watched the video. I forget the guy's name. Apparently, his shtick is he goes around. Are you talking about Coyote Peterson? Coyote Peterson. So, I guess the guy, his whole shtick is he gets stung by, you know, venomous creatures or, like, I think he got bit by a tarantula once, and he was comparing the sting of the murder horn to that. You watched it. Talk us a little bit through what you saw with uh, Coyote Pete. So, I got... I got to give this guy his day due. It was about a 20-minute video. I only skipped about the four-minute intro because he caught my eye a little bit. And it's just like, seems like me and you, really, a uh, Caucasian fellow, looked like he was hanging out in the woods a little bit. He's got all his, his gadgets and everything. And he's walking us through the Hornet situation. And I don't think he tested the murder one. I mean, I think he te- tested, like, the Buffalo Bill. Of, it was like the... Andre the Giant of Asia. So I think the murder hornet's going to be his last sting. Oh, that wasn't an actual murder hornet. Yeah, so this was like what he thought was the step down. He's had a bunch of like uh, vicious ants and like a handful of hornets. So he's gone through like eight to ten of these stings. And um, to date, he he said like the jumbo Asian Asian one was the worst. And I watched it. He caught this thing like in the woods out of nowhere in a net. Caught some tweezers, held it on his arm. Let the thing sting him. I thought he was being a bitch when he first got stung. Like, freak tweaked out a little bit. Almost lost the hornet, but they jarred it up. And within about 45 seconds to a minute and a half, you could see the the swell on the swell on his arm. They marked it with a couple of markers. And uh, every couple minutes, it, you, it could drastically change to the point where it looked like there was a golf ball in his forearm. It wasn't just the sting anymore. You could tell, like, the the inch or two from the sting, but the whole thing was swelling up. And uh, the guy kind of ate it, said it was the worst pain of his life, but he was kind of just, he's got like a handful of guys out there with him. Right. Seems like a handheld camera just in the woods taking down sting. So I respect Coyote Peterson. Uh, you got to think he's like a minor league um, fucking Crocodile Dundee doing weird shit just up here somewhere. So uh, I, I guess the stings are no joke. But um, Yeah, that kind of... Brings up two points for me. One is I need to invest in a solid net because I don't have one. Um, and I refuse to go down to the hands of one of these flying assassins. But also, Coyote Pe- Peterson does this for a living, which is absurd in, in its own right. But he's a guy, so he's used to the stings. He's built up some type of defense to it. And now that I know that wasn't even a murder hornet, that was like a JV murder hornet, that they're still out there. Like, if that hits Coyote Peterson, yeah, he might be able to deal with it. That thing comes after a vulnerable me. I'm like 6'3", 220 pounds of dough. I might go down like a sack of potatoes against one of them. And I live on my own, so who's going to be there to help me? I don't have a life alert. I've fallen and I'm not going to get up. Then I'm fucked. I would I would have to recommend the video uh, in general. I don't know if, I mean, he's got a handful. Just go kind of check him out. Seemed like uh, an experience I I wouldn't really like, but uh, he like I said he had uh, quite a library of stings in there to uh, kind of judge himself. Fuck these murder hornets. They're fucking pussies, dude. I don't care. Bad out of hell. I don't care. If I die though, delete this footage because I'd be no no on your grave. Delete it. No, I, I'm out on him. I'm I, out on him. I kind of that's I'm not out on him, but at the same time, they haven't really crossed my mind because I haven't been one to see one yet. I haven't been one to hear a report near us yet. 
So until one's in my vicinity, I'm with you. Fuck those guys. Cody said late. they killed when one's in the vicinity. How did they kill last year? 50. 50. Uh, how many people live in the world? I don't know. A gazillion. I just made that word human up. Human beings? 50. Uh, and are those Asians? Are they Anyone, Asians? dude. 50 people. I believe the world population's around 7 billion. Okay. But we so need I'll to take my, hey, I'll take my chances. If these things were only operating in Asia before, now they have an untapped resource in the state <laughs> full of how many people are in America? I don't know. Millions. Three... 25 to 50 million? Someone it might just unleash the fury. <laughs> I Anywho. mean, you got to think too, though. If they're killing the Asians, Asians uh, generally more compact, lesser depth of a body. So that venom's kind of taking them over more than us. You know what I'm saying? Good they point. all sleep in these little elevators next to each other with some like paper next to no. them. Pro Asian podcast. Pro Asian. Oh, yeah. That's we had clap. an Asian guy That's on. A clap so. for a good point. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, Drew Luster might have hit it on the head. He's not scared of shit. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on. Just all you out there tuning in, head on a swivel. Don't take these things lightly. <laughs> we'll move on to what, in my opinion, is the most ab absurd video circulating the internet right now. And that is a video of a small shoulder monkey operating a miniature motorcycle who snakes his way through the city streets of, I believe it's somewhere in Thailand, and grabs a hold of a small child around two years old, maybe three at the max, and tries to yank her away. I There's mean, a ton of questions on this. I don't, I'm still trying to process the whole thing. Uh, what, what, where, where are you on this, man? From first glance, like I see the video, and I'm pretty hyped because that monkey is absolutely buzzing on a mini scooter down this alleyway. But I had no idea where it was going. They were like, "There's a couple like Thailand people down there, and they uh, and then a handful of little children." And this monkey comes in like a fucking bat out of hell, and just absolutely latches on to this. Looks like a little maybe one and a half year old in a onesie. And then you see the thing getting dragged down the fucking alleyway. And then, I mean, did you point this out to me, producer Jay? Was there a string attached to the monkey? You know, it's, it's really weird. It looks like <clears throat> you see the monkey get on, the real monkey. But right when he gets on, he drives by a guy. And it looks like he, like, hooks a monkey or something with string. Because there's one point where the monkey's on the ground, all, like, fours up. So he couldn't push himself. And he's just, like, it looks like he's being dragged. But he's holding the yeah. kid. And it's like, that monkey's not just doing that with his ass I, cheeks. I, I did know. notice that. Um, I think, I don't know, I'm not an expert on the topic, but I, I think the monkey is on some type of lead. They wanted to capture the kid, but the monkey was on a leash in case shit hit the fan and they could reel the monkey back in, almost like a trophy fish, and get him back yes, in the getaway. Yes, they might have sent him out uh, originally with the entry point of the fucking motorcycle and I mean I don't know who's on the end of this string running this monkey whether it's Leslie Chow or Dickie Ilges who knows <laughs> but uh, it just it didn't didn't look like uh, and I got from starting off being very hyped to see this monkey flying to how I was very uncomfortable at the end of the video and there's this there's this guy full grown guy there looks like I don't know if it was his kid someone else's kid didn't really seem like he was too intent on getting the kid back if the monkey kept on and uh, kind of grinded it out. 
Yeah, they almost should have spent more time with the monkey in the in the weight room than in teaching him how to drive the motorcycle because he was like a seasoned vet on the motorcycle. He got he got there in a hurry, but he just didn't have the upper body strength to get the kid back with him. Hey, not for nothing. Is there a chance that this was the monkey that our first guest, Josh Allah, shared a meal with in Thailand? He was eating an awful lot of greens, not enough red meat, so it could have been. I mean, if Sal wasn't back in the country right now, he might be fucking target number one on who's running that monkey. I envision that monkey to, like, Hell's Bells playing in the background as he's, like, cruising down the streets. You know, as, as a fan of Back in Black, the album, I'm all in on that. Just a man on a mission. No, I mean, but um, at what point does this stop? Are we just harvesting children with these monkeys? Or is there a chance that our buddy Josh is on the 16th tee and, like, instead of just a baby monkey, we got a gorilla running in on a Vespa and just scooping Josh up into the night. We never see him again. Right. Like it. That's a great. That's a great point. I had never thought about that. Like that's a trained. <laughs> that's a trained assassin as a a juvenile monkey. Strong animals. He cl- it clearly, from what I can gather, you know, with samurais and whatnot, it's a it's a gen, gen, it's a hereditary family thing. So he's <laughs> probably a part of a larger cult. You got to think right. so. Sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads. Monkeys riding motorcycles, fucking taking babies. Yeah. Tough time out there in the world. A lot of different variables moving around now. And now you got to worry about monkeys on mopeds. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we're, we're a local pod based on the island. And I'm assuming about 99% of anybody out there listening to us is also from the island. So we'd be remiss not to mention the biggest news out. And that is the cancellation of Fiesta for about the two people that are off the island listening. Quick breakdown. Fiesta is a little celebration in uh, late June. Um, Italian festival honoring St. Peter and uh, kind of the fishing community that we have going on here. It's it's full of, you know, carnival rides and different types of events that are kind of unique to uh, the local setting. Um, and that's been canceled. And that's a huge loss. I feel like Fiesta in July 4th, those two weeks are like the highlight of the summer for us. You know, just a ton of debauchery, everybody having a good time. A um, lot, lot of alcohol consumption and whatnot. Um, so now that's another thing, kind of Corona's got a leg up on. And, you know, I'm hurt, especially because my birthday falls on that weekend, nonetheless. Oh. But huge loss for everybody. You know, it sucks. We were planning to throw another cake party that four people showed up to for your birthday, but which is sick. But, hey, debauchery, real good word out of you there. But um, as you can see, we got a new face on this screen right now. This is our Fiesta Liaison Anthony Rice Ball Shim. So, Ant, what do you what do you <laughs> Hold get? Hold on, give him the horn. <laughs> what do you got for us, Ant? I, I mean, this big time for you, the Fiesta Whites and everything. I, I think you wear them five days out of the week, so let us know. Uh, so definitely when I heard the news, I was a little heartbroken. I had to uh had to go for a little run, put away my whites, you know, start playing a little of the uh What's that song that everybody plays? Singing the eyes of an angel. One of those, like the dog commercial comes on, just playing that on repeat. Little Sarah uh, McLaughlin. Oh, she gets me every time, right in the feels. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a huge hit for the city. But uh, we just got to hope for the best that hopefully it comes about in September. And uh, I don't know. Uh, See what happens. That's about. uh, I got to ask the question. 
are the whites recycled every year? Or are we getting new Fiesta whites to pin something on every single year? Uh, Those are new whites, cuz. Well, like, at first, like, growing up, like, it was a big deal. It was, like, you had to get, like, new whites every year. And I used to do this thing. I don't know, like, if it was just me or, like, other Italian kids in the, in the city. But, like, I used to have to go get, like, new shoes every Fiesta. Like, that was, like, my thing. I only got new shoes one time a year. Like, I don't know what was going on. But, like, I only got shoes one time a year. And, like, that was it. Well, like, if they're like, white, yes, you can only wear them once down there. You're getting mustard stains from my, Oh, you, got, you hang up those basketball things, you're done. You might get, done. You might get throw up from the zipper splashed on there, maybe a little sand involved. So, I mean, if you're bringing white shoes down Fiesta, it's no more than one win. Oh, yeah. No, no chance, especially when I was walking in the parade, you know. Uh, it was a tough go, tough go. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, Ad, what do you think? I mean – Fiesta, great time. Uh, is I, I believe the 5K is Thursday, which is a nice little kickoff. Have a couple beers, watch some people run. Clearly, we're not the running type to go in the in the 5K. So that's a good uh, that's a good little first night to get everybody involved. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I think it even goes goes the day before that to Wednesday when it like really kicks in. You know, everybody's taking their vacation days. They got the week booked. You know, it's fiesta from from Wednesday to Sunday, and then you get Monday off, get a little hangover cure, maybe mix in a cheesesteak. Uh, it's just a, it's just a huge weekend overall. Uh, it's a, what I'm gonna miss out most is you know Sunday fiesta. That's the day. You know, Champion Sunday. Um, everybody's out out on the go with the flow. Uncle Ralph committee boat a fiesta. Shout out to Uncle Ralph. Um, we're all out there having a good time. And now, hopefully, like like Shim said, we can resurrect it come September and, and get a little bit out of it at least. I gotta so, ask the I gotta ask the question because I know I mean ninety five percent of people would answer Sunday. What is my favorite day of Fiesta personally is Friday because I get work off. I got the Lacito open scramble. I'm drunk from about six thirty in the morning to about two thirty the next morning. That and that's the day for me. I mean, I appreciate the Sunday and what Sunday brings to everybody. That's like it's the Sunday football fiesta. But as far as entertainment, big long day for me, it's Friday. Yeah, no, I hear that. For me for me, I like Saturday too. Uh, I try to get a lot of my out of town buddies down on Saturday so they can experience it. And every all of them that have come down have just absolutely loved it and i was planning on my buddy knew was going to come up this year from north carolina um unfortunately i had to had to drop the bad news on him but you know that's a good day to you know have some friends you don't see every now and then to experience just and they're all like taken back they're like dude what in the hell am i witnessing right now it's you know? i mean it's spectacular if you're not from here but uh shims are you a sunday guy you gotta be uh I guess, yeah. I mean, oh, I really like Saturday. Don't, don't be put into a corner. Let me hear your thoughts. I, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of – it's up in the air. You know, I, I feel like Saturday I kind of let loose a little bit more. It's like Saturday, you know, you're, you're all ramped up. And then last year being on the pole, it was like go, go, go. It was like 100%. I, I woke up like early in the morning, crushed like a 12-pack by 12 o'clock. Like no problem, like by myself. Yeah, how you doing? And, uh, what a legend. And then like end up like going up on the pole. Don't remember a thing. And then you end up at like cousin David's house, and like it's all downhill from there. Were you no, last no, year? Aladdin, Aladdin, even better. Oh, the uh, Nick has got me. But, oh um, yeah. I mean, little uh, back and forth on a Saturday. It's kind of the, the most electric and worst time of Fiesta <laughs> is the Saturday Glowhole line because as much as it sucks that you have to, you got to scoot from Pavilion. 
get into line for a ticket to Gloho that night, and it's absolutely brutal. But at the same time, anybody and everybody in the city is in that line. And it's yep. a matter of if you're getting tickets before or after them. I know there's been a couple of 30-packs bought people selling beers in the line. So that place is an electric factory. And, I mean, might be able to scout out a couple of chicks, guys, whatever your liking <laughs> is. Who knows? But, um, yeah. There's no better that's feeling little... than getting that bracelet. Like, once you get that bracelet, it really you go back, <laughs> get a pregame in, you know, regroup and get ready to go. Like, that line, it can kind of be brutal. But once you get that bracelet on, it's like a second wind. Top Mount Rushmore days of the year. It goes Saturday Fiesta, Sunday Fiesta, Thanksgiving, July 3rd. Wow. I, Sunday Fiesta. That's spot on. Spot Sunday on. Fiesta for me. Saturday is the best. You get the most drunk all day. Good Harbor Beach if you're lucky in the morning. Yep. Ride into the pole. Ride into a pregame. Ride into Gloucester House. Besides, the waiting in line sucks. Sunday is the best. Second best because... You go all night, you walk, what's his name, home, St. Peter. Yeah. July 3rd, nothing like growing up and now is the best. Growing up, it was better. But and now Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So I'm in favorite holiday. But, I mean, I, I do. Saturday, a fiesta, you get absolutely mucked up. And Sunday becomes a grind and a respect day because I feel like a lot of people are with their families. They're going to see nonna, their grandmother, whatever you want to call it. And you got to respect that a little bit. But at the same time, Time, you just went about 14 hours strong <laughs> on anything that you could consume, and you have to be Advil, water, Gatorade, yeah. whatever you can. And you know what? You know what I saw last year? Footy ate a sausage in two bites just to make him feel better. So, you know, I mean, you just got to grind it out on a Sunday morning until the parade, and then Tony oh, comes with the drums and you go crazy. Yeah. There is there is nothing uh, like it has to be the hottest day of the year every single Fiesta Sunday when you're standing there at the mass and like I, I mean I can understand a little bit of a time but when that guy's rambling on up there and you're standing there it's 99 degrees your forehead's dripping Bud Light from like the night before and there's like cops behind you the Cardinal showing up like putting the cross on your forehead and you're like yeah buddy easy there all right and then, shout out <laughs> the Cardinal. Yeah, shout out to the Cardinal. Fun no fact. No free ads. No free fun ads. Fun fact, he was the uh, the uh, commencement speaker at my graduation, and he saw me after, and he goes, hey, like, I know you and your grandmother. And I was like, no way. I was like, this can't be real right now. And then he was like, yeah, my buddy's like, you know that guy? And I was like, yeah, he's the Cardinal. Who doesn't know him? I thought I was like the man. Pretty. Pretty. That's your a good last, answer to have. Your last <laughs> year in town, was it us in the white rompers from fantasy football? Yep, yep, it was the lost year of fantasy football. Oh, that, that's the best punishment we've ever had. I, I mean, you might have put a fucking sign on top of us, best outfits down there. Absolutely, chest hair flowing. Oh, my God. You know what? I got a little too uh, a little too into it. I, my crotch opened up a little bit. I uh, I ended up showing it to my ex-girlfriend's mother. It wasn't great. Whoa. A little too much disease mm. for the Sunday? Oof, not <laughs> enough disease, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> safe to say Fiesta will be sorely missed. But, uh, Shims, we want to keep you on. This is a monumental moment in the pod history. You will be the first guest upon our most heralded segment, and that is the Fraudcast. (laughs) The biggest segment sweep in the podcast scene, so to speak. Um, I've I've talked about it plenty of times, but we'll probably have some first-time listeners again because this thing is growing like an oak tree here. Um, So the Fraudcast, every week we shout out who we think are the most fraudulent people out there. This week in particular is a great week to be a fraud. Huge fraud so, week. so many frauds in the news this week that some might get swept under the rug, but we won't forget about you and we might bring you back. So don't don't fall asleep on that. 
But while we have you, Shims, you told us that you have a fraud in connection with Fiesta Weekend. What do you, what do you have for us? We're on pins and needles over here. All right, so I got to mentally prepare for this. Uh, so the big fraud of the week that I had, and uh, it came to me after hearing about the whole cancellation of Fiesta. I'm sitting there watching reruns, the live Greasy poll. But uh, so we ended up, I'm sitting there and I'm watching like two or three Greasy polls go by. Randy Sweet, Derek Hopkins, a couple of those guys are all grabbing it. And uh, next thing you know, I'm sitting there and I'm watching, because they do the whole same boat race before everything, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching, and I'm sitting there and I'm texting some girl, and I'm, I'm like looking up, like waiting for this race to start, and I'm still texting. Low hey, 20. There. Yeah, yeah, no free ad reads, no games, but, uh, <laughs> So I'm sitting there, and like 25 minutes goes by on this YouTube video, and these guys in the same boats have their hands up, one guy in the middle, he's looking both ways like this, and then he looks back to the other guy, and then the hands go down. And they come all the way back, and they're feathering, they're feathering, they're feathering. Shout out Phil Francis. Yeah, Phil Francis. I don't know who Phil Francis is off the top of my head. I've probably seen him a million times here in town. But my, my Uncle Joe Novello Chaos, you got – what's the other guy? Andy Orlando, uh, whoever it is. And then you got the other guy in the other boat. And I'm sitting there, and 25 minutes goes by. These guys, arms up, arms down. They go out. They come back. Fraud of the week is whoever isn't putting their hands down and just going with the race. I mean, I don't know. I've been in the boat before for juniors. I rode one year, two years seniors, didn't make through the first heat. Tough go. What are you going to do? I like what you did there. I thought your fraud was going to be only the guy in the water, but you've linked all the boats into all it. Boats. It's whoever's oh, no, not it, cooperating. It, because how often does it come down to a CH between the boats? Very. I mean, usually there's three boats between everybody coming into the greasy pole shuffle but exactly. i like it if the hands aren't down and we're not ripping what's the point exactly, no, exactly. i hear you it, it, i i've rode a little bit in my past too and you know as a rower when you're in the seat like you just want to get out there and get ripping like as long as it's not we're not talking a considerable amount like if i'm if you know i'm giving up a seat seat and a half two seats like fine let's go like the best team crew is going to win you know, yeah. so let's get the race yeah. going. I, I don't want to have to go through and line up again. Everybody's on the beach hooting and hollering. You know, it's like more of a pride guy for for the captains on the boat to like get the get the most edge. Right. You know? well, the thing is, like, do they not know they get everybody on the beach is trapping them? Just stop the fucking race. Exactly. Right? Whether it's soft, exactly, it's flat. The people are upset. Everybody wants to go get one of the last Ambi sausages, and these guys are just sitting there doing laps around the pole. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly my point. And, and to fix that problem, I don't know if this is part of the fraud segment. To fix that problem, I, I've come up with this over the few years. I think I ran it by, by Cousin Kurt a couple times. Take a giant piece of rope or twine, whatever it is, a couple of rocks on either side, and you pull that thing tight. And when it when it's tight, you got two guys on either side on boats. And then, boom, you drop it, and you have another line that you're holding on to. And that the, with the rocks or whatever you have for the weight at the bottom, shoot down. The line's under the water. The boats go through. Boom. Pick it up like Honestly, this when they come back. Yeah, but um, the rope's going to catch those, that first stroke or two, cuz. Think so with the rock? I, I, I don't even I don't think know how quick rocks sink. That. I'm not an expert on the sink. I, I don't I'm not a dentist, but I've never, I don't know how fast rocks sink. <laughs> I mean, if you, can, if you can put a guy up to his waist or his nipples in water, you can have a little kid just, I mean, anybody hold the fucking boat right there. I mean, you get three of them lined up. <laughs> You hold the boat. First stroke, you let the go. It's it. You went with a little kid to hold the boat opposed I mean, to like a grown know. man? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. 
That's tough. My bad. Wow, that, that, little kids at Fiesta. That's good work. There you have it. Our first official guest on the broadcast kicking us off. Anthony James and Curtis yeah, has right, a, a point to add to that. Before we let him off the hook here. I got my fraud of the week, and it's Anthony Shimataro. Oh, as a loyal Gloucester <laughs> Gear customer, uh, I got a text late. I don't know over the over the weekend. I'm wondering when my you know hat's coming in from the mail, and I'm gonna wear it on the next pod. I was gonna give it a shout out, but then all of a sudden I get these messages from this unknown person who might be the fraud of the week saying he doesn't want his name tied to any sort of company. There might be a selling of the company going on. Told me there was a selling. Apparently there wasn't a selling of the company. And now he's on here. He made a post on Instagram that was basically free ads tying the TWBLC to Gloucester gear. Sounds like a fraud of the week to me. I mean, that I... I have something to do with that because I commented trying to give cousin a little love on his on his gear. I didn't know you were informed to not shout out the gear. But then he went and posted it on his his page. Andy likes my comment. But well, that, that, I don't run the uh, I don't run the social media. That's our intern. So that oh, that wasn't me. Cousin, that... not for nothing. Who the fuck is buying your company? Well, that that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, I, I don't know if I can say you need to sign an NDA for yeah, that. You yeah, got a couple guys to sign an NDA that are buying it. So yeah, you, uh, no insider trading currently. We're about to go public. It's tough to IPO during this oh, crisis. So but. Good. I'm not that. Hey, perfect. Honestly, you probably have the best. I'm on board with the guys with the hands in the water. Probably the best fraud of the week. But just parlaying it to you being fraudulent yourself was more than anything we could ask. And I, I think we're going to have you sit in for the rest of this as I bring my fraud up. And before I do, I I have to shout out everybody who's listened to the cast lately because I just, I mean, I can't help but I'm getting DMs from people posting on Twitter. And there's people, I mean, I didn't didn't pick pick on anybody. And you might not even have been fraudulent yet unless you put the blades away once quarantine is done. But I'm getting DMs and people are commenting fraud. I'm seeing exclamation points, fraud central. And I can't believe how much the cast is taken off that people right. are listening to the fraud cast and thinking right. that anything we say has any weight <laughs> in their life. And people Kenzie, are if rattled. I recall, you mentioned no names. None. Nothing. So these people coming out of the woodwork, it's almost like they might feel a little guilty. I, I you know, mean, if, I don't know. If the, hat, if the glove fits. Hey, I've got a couple of a couple of chat snaps as well, a couple of DMs with some comments. And the, the people seem to be rattled without getting called out. I don't know if they feel guilty, as you said, or if, if they're just trying to tie on to the cast a little bit. But, I mean, I, I was full-blown in tears laughing on my couch the other day and for no reason for about 15 minutes dying laughing at that and uh, i just thought we'd give them a shout out for listening but um as we say that i'm gonna go into my fraud of the week right now and it's it's none other than the one the only holds a place in my heart hot take hot take alert in my stomach i'm gonna call bug light out for being the fraud of the week and this pains me to do so but as far as February 14th, 2017, that is three Valentine's Days ago. 
Bud Light got tagged in a tweet, and it was from Steph J90, this guy named Steph. How are you? And it said, from now on, quote, from now on, Bud Light shall be renamed, comma, Crispy Boys, tagged in it at Bud Light. And what you could do if you have Bud Light is, you know what? You know what, Steph? We'll run with that a little bit. But instead, the next day, they hit him up with a response, and it just said, we'll pass. And you know what I saw? I mean, I've been seeing this. This this tweet from 2017 just snuck up on me to bring me fraudulence right here. But um, as much as April 18th in 2020, that's that's not even a full month ago, we have a tweet from Bud Light, and it is Swagger Day is here. Terrible fucking tweet by them to start. <laughs> but retweet this post and follow. Bud Light for a chance to win this custom Igloo Crispy Boy Cooler equipped with a bunch of cold, ice-cold Bud Lights. And I can't help to call fraudulence on these guys. Kind of bitching Steph back in fucking 2017 saying, we'll pass, like, cuz, what are you even doing tweeting at us with that weak shit? And then we're going to partner with the cooler company and put the slogan onto the cooler. So that's my fraud of the week. It hurts me. It's what I drink constantly. I got the hat on. I might even have a tattoo on my ass. But those are my frauds. Yeah. And I mean, I love the blue nasties as much as the next guy. But I really don't have anything else to say. That's just pure fraudulence. That's what the fraudcast is about. They just got called out and weep. And I think that's a classic story of, excuse my French, but comes down to big fucks little. Poor Steph is a guy probably just trying to make it big, make a name for himself. And his idea gets shut down only for Bud Light to just snag it right from under his toes. And and what has he got out of it? He ain't getting any fucking residues from that. Bud Light, if you want to send us a couple care packages just in case, make it stay on the train. Don't worry about it. Get him for the intellectual property now. Three years ago he had it. And, and you know what? About four, six months ago, they came out with this, and it seems to catch on. Everybody, I mean, I've heard Crispy Boys a handful of times, and they're cold ass fucking Bud Light. So I think Steph hit the nail on the head right there. But uh, Deedzy, what do you, what do you got for me? I'm interested in yours this week. Yeah, my fraud, and this has been bugging me for a while. But now that we've kind of gotten into the weeds on it a little bit, it's just it's just complete overkill. My fraud or frauds of the week is anybody who is still on social media sharing articles on coronavirus. If you are not a doctor or in the medical field or a, Phil. or a public official of some sort, I don't want to hear it for, for a multitude of reasons. One, there's a lot of goons on Facebook. So any article you're sharing is most likely getting read by a goon who doesn't know what's going on. So now you have a bunch of goons <laughs> believing in an article that you shared that probably is not true. Could be true, but it's most likely not. Most likely because the article that you're sharing it from has a URL of coronafraud101.com or some <laughs> random shit like that. The onion. The uh, Yeah, the, the onion. onion. It, it's like so blatantly obvious that you people are trying to save the world. And more than most likely, you you just read the headline of the article and was like, oh, yeah, wow, can you believe it? And then just click share without even actually doing your due diligence on the thing. 
Also, I don't want to see another goddamn YouTube video of some type of conspiracy or anything of the sort. Like, stop sharing YouTube videos. You're not bringing awareness to anything. People are getting their coronavirus news from the actual news, people that are out there on the front line doing the damn work. You know? And you're washing it all away because you're sharing a Facebook video or a YouTube video that's talking about the most outlandish conspiracies that could possibly be head and then it's just it's like what are you doing like nothing good is going to come out of that so just stop sharing articles there's there's too much information out there for a normal person to even to without reading which nobody does sift through and there's people just reading titles that fucking go through here there and everywhere and they're going to pick one of them which they're going to tie their fucking chariot to and kind of ride through town on right like, and it's the same people commenting on all these videos. It's like a little click. So I, I, I forget who it was. One of my buddies, I hate to give him credit. I think it was Tyler. Like, start your own little Facebook group. Share all the articles you want. <laughs> Keep that shit off the main airwaves. Christ. I got you know? to tell you, I did just learn that Lady Gaga eats children, though. So shout out those guys. Research, baby, research. <laughs> right. Like, dude. Put in the effort, you know, don't just go clicking a link that you, you know, you see a headline. Oh, wow. I got to share that one. Or like, dude, see, the best part about that is those people end up ripping on other people. And I (laughs) thought I threw out a great gif. I got to give myself credit. How you doing about two weeks ago? Like, great guy. Love the kid. But ripping on people for not knowing shit about science and talking about coronavirus. Yet he's posting some outlandish shit and I got and his family just driving the nail into the coffin jumping on and kind of trying to make it seem like it's some accurate information which is crazy to me but um I mean I also don't do that much research as far as that goes Jay uh producer Jay this is my favorite fraud of the week every week so I want to see what you got for the boys I could have picked a lot but it's it's something I've had in my heart since I was in high school, probably since 2011, this guy, you know, Gloucester High School football has been so good. And they were undefeated for four years in a row. They lost like two games. And this guy would come to every game with, and he had the absolutely perfect sign. And you know what? The football team, they were absolutely perfect. They didn't lose a game. But my sophomore year, we go into the first round of the Gloucester, uh, of the MIAA state tournament for baseball. We're 10 and 10. We are absolutely average. We were playing Triton. I don't know where we were playing, like Byfield maybe. And he's got the absolutely perfect sign. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we're fucking 10 and 10. We're like the 14th seed in this tournament. We're playing a three seed, and you're coming the first game you've been to all year with an absolutely perfect sign. DZ pitched that game. We dominated, by the way. DZ dominated. But such a fraud move. Not when he was there with the football, but did he perfect. Did he show up with the uh... – the rubber coat on? Did he bring? Did he bring the shirts? <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He might have been our only fan. I appreciate it. I will just say don't, that don't there is some fraudulence, even going back to the football days when we were absolutely perfect, because he spelt absolutely wrong on the sign. <laughs> so he's, he's holding this sign up that says absolutely perfect, and the sign itself is far from absolutely perfect. I mean to. To say that, the sign spelled absolutely perfect, which was – that's like the lovable fucking guy who doesn't can't do anything right. You love that. 
But when it got to the point that he corrected the sign, that's where he <laughs> lost me. He went from absolutely to he corrected it, made a new sign, absolutely perfect. He's at every event now. I mean, got to shout out the guy's fandom, but he lost me at correcting the sign. He's yeah, like Marlins. Man. He just, just like he, it's all about him now. Like, dude, right? Like, you should have just rolled up. with the original sign. Like, you can't yeah. go back. Well, like my question yeah. is, oh, did, no, did that, he that was... make that sign himself, or like someone had oh, to print printed that for him? So, like, the person wow. that printed it for him was like, oh, this guy is going to look like an absolute buffoon, wow. like, holding this up. <laughs> like, aptitude yeah. perfect or whatever it said. <laughs> yeah, probably a 17-year-old kid down Walgreens waiting Literally. to butts in between. And I don't know. I don't know how many times you guys have gone to the library in, in the recent days. But uh, the backside <laughs> of the library, it says, like, it's supposed to say, like, library staff only, like, parking. And it says Liberé staff parking only. That's, you can't mess up words at the on. library. That's all I'm cousin, saying. Cousin, how when when is the last time you entered the library, and how often are you going there? Are you still uh, getting VCR tapes from there? <laughs> so I I did go and get like uh, some Rosetta Stone, and then uh, yeah. then. I like had to use the printer too because the printer here like kind of shit the bed for a little bit, you know. Got to get the Gloucester gear orders out there, and uh, <laughs> then you're getting Hummers in the library bathroom. Yeah, well, uh, n- no free ad reads, but <laughs> wait, can you say library for me again? Library is that library liberation? Yeah, li- yeah library, <laughs> and then the Sawyer free. Ever heard of it? Um, <laughs> so then, like. Yeah, I don't know. That place is actually – it's kind of crazy. Like, you've gone – I've been in there a couple of times. Like, I don't me. And, and, like, some of the some of the people you see in there, like, there's people, like, those computers, you look at the history on those things, not normal, all right? <laughs> I mean, I would like to piggyback on that, but I haven't been into the library since <laughs> I was about probably nine and a half years old. So, I mean, I got to think some of that – some of that shit's got dust on it. The only thing people are doing is going to get a VCR or Titanic if somebody still has a VCR player going on. So, yeah. I mean, do they have the old back, Cube too. computers in there? Like the old Macintosh? Oh, yeah. Oh, the color? Oh, the, yeah. Dude, the, the see through back colors, those are nice. You could play the shark game on that. Nice. They got a couple of those, and then they have the ones with like the colorful toucan, like in the corner. I don't even know what brand that is. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> and then, and then. The, the best part about that is, too, fun fact, you can't rent uh, – you can't take out, like, uh, the book Casey at the Bat if you're over, like, 12. I tried to do that just wow. to, like, relive my childhood. Great, great book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great wow. book. That's incredible. What a tidbit that is. The Sawyer Free Library is still alive and well. Yeah, now we have before we wrong, before but... we sign off, we do have one more special fraud. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, if you don't, you mm-hmm. probably should. But every week now, we'll have a little section where you can submit your own fraud of the weeks. We'll cipher through them, try to pick our best ones. You know, don't get hurt if we don't pick you. Just keep on plugging away. You'll get. Don't your get hurt if we do pick you. How are you? <laughs> uh, we have a special. Special fraud that we, that we thought was was apt for this segment. Uh, Jay Bird's gonna gonna hit us with it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Deedzy, you you said we won't forget about it, and I posted it on our story that respond to it, and we won't forget about it. And I'll tell you what, I forgot about it until you brought it up. So thanks for that. But we're gonna go with Brendan Douglas. He had a great fraud. 
he I, I could feel the passion in it. That's why I think we all picked it. And I'll quote it. And sorry if my reading's not great. That's within um, two method, two messages. Yeah, two, three. Ooh. All right. So it says the frauds who post a pick on their Apple Watch after they've worked out for the first time in a. <laughs> we all know at least one or twenty-three of them. What's the old saying? Thanks, guys. I don't know what the old saying is he's referring to, but I I I love that hate of the week, uh, fraud of the week from him. I love I, it too. And I think the old big... saying was. Men who go to bed with itchy ass <laughs> wake up with smelly finger. That's personally what I got out of that, but I don't know. That, no, you, you could be absolutely right on there. And and I tweeted about this a little while ago as well. So I'm glad Dougie pointed it out. Shout out Brendan Douglas, uh, Rockport's very own. But it's just like, you know, you you work out and you, you kind of, it's for your own like mental health and get the endorphins flowing. You know, you feel good about yourself. When you start publicizing your workouts and how many calories you burned, how many steps you took, one, nobody really gives a shit, but it sounds like you're just doing it for clout at that point. Like, hey, look at me. I'm fit. I'm healthy. I just walked X amount of steps and I burned 400 calories. I got to tell you, though, exercising is a motherfucker. <laughs> I've exercised like four times this week. And I'm having a I'm having a tough time getting out of bed. I'm so Are you sympathize, you're sympathizing with them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't need to be seen. I'm just saying, exercising kind of sucks. All right, just checking, cuz. Yeah. What are you doing for the uh, the workouts, Ken's? Oh, cuz I have some mileage going on this week. I'm whether it's running or biking or blading. I'm I'm north of like 25 miles this week, and I got to tell you, I'm not getting any slimmer, but I feel slim. Hey, that, if you're feeling skinny, you're feeling skinny. Yeah, that's it. About what's on the inside. I'm feeling skinny, Tony. I'm feeling skinny. Lunch is canceled due to lack yeah, of but, Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I like your body. I, hey, you know what, cuz? I've always liked yours as well, so we can have that for sure. But, um, what do you th- I mean, DJ, that's another good cast. Shims, thanks for coming on. You, you should feel honored. This is uh, our first celebrity broadcast of the week, so... um. What do you say, DG? Why don't you lead us out of this, bitch? Yeah, monumental history on the pod. Shims, thanks for joining us as always. Great insight. Anytime. There you have it, boys and girls. Another episode of Beneath the Bar. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already followed us on all the social media, what are you waiting for? Click that button. You know, Let's get those viewers up. We'll keep pumping out the content for you guys. Be sure to check us out on Spotify. Stay tuned. We'll catch you next week. Rippers, lead us out of here. Gentlemen, cats and chicks, the coon doctor's in the house and he's got the fix. This shit sticks to your brain like a cinnamon roll, cause I don't sing like